Last week, Turkey's foreign ministry called on Sweden to honor a deal it made with Ankara back in June to crack down on terror groups operating in their country. In exchange, Turkey had pledged to support Sweden's entry into NATO, but Ankara says the necessary steps have not been taken yet. The foreign ministry's remarks came just days after Sweden held parliamentary elections, where right-wing parties won big. At a NATO summit in June, Sweden and Finland agreed to crack down on activities by the PKK within their borders, which the EU and US recognize as a terror group. During a recent interview, Turkish President Recep Tayyip Erdogan said that Sweden had long tolerated activities by the PKK, with its supporters reaching all the way to parliament. So will Sweden's next government follow through with its pledge it made with Turkey? And does the PKK supporters have an outsized influence on Swedish politics? And for more on this, I'm joined by Klaus Jurgens. He is a political analyst and joins me from Ankara. And by Joseph Downing. He is a visiting fellow at the European Institute at the London School of Economics. A warm welcome to you both and thanks for joining me on Straight Talk. So, Joseph, Finland and Sweden's NATO membership bids were once again in international headlines. Uh, when Turkish President Recep Tayyip Erdogan gave an interview to PBS in New York um, ahead of the UNJ 77 session. So how do you think the ratification process across the alliance is coming along so far? Yeah, it's, it's been a very um, complex process, right? Because on the surface, it wouldn't seem to be complex to admit Finland and Sweden to NATO, right? To, you know, advanced democracies, good government, governance, um, good levels of military spending, very professional armed forces. And the sticking point really came here in terms of uh, it was seen as Sweden's soft line on PKK Kurdish activity in uh, migrant communities uh, within Sweden. Mm -hmm. And this, this really has made the accession process um, a bit more difficult for these two states. Uh, here, I just want to play the clip from that interview uh, to hear what President Erdogan said, then we'll continue to talk. Here especially, Sweden has been a cradle for terrorism, and the terrorists have infiltrated all the way into their parliaments. And in Stockholm, we see terrorists are demonstrating all the time. The banners, the poster of the leader of the terrorist organizations are abound. They are demonstrating, they are throwing slogans, and they're attacking the innocent Turkish descendants in Stockholm. So, Klaus, uh, President Erdogan accused Sweden of being a cradle for terrorism and that the PKK infiltrated their parliament. So, was that a fair assessment? And how deep do the rifts run between Ankara and Stockholm? Well, I think these rifts can be overcome. Uh, I don't want to play devil's advocate, but uh, Sweden will have a new government shortly. I I'm not still very optimistic about the uh, composure and how long it will last. But yes, uh, where uh, PKK supporters can march freely in, in broad daylight, uh, the government says we were the first country to actually support banning the uh, PKK, but still uh, you don't do enough to really ban it. I think Turkey is absolutely right to uh, demand more extradition of known criminals. At the same time, please uh, uh, withdraw any offer of holding manifestations or demonstrations in the name of a known terror organization in Stockholm or anywhere else in Sweden. So yes, Turkey was right. Now, looking ahead, I just came back, I have to admit, uh, covering and, and going for another meeting. And uh, what I sense uh, amongst the population is not the uh, corona debate, not the uh, 
I have to say very openly, not the Ukraine situation, but what the Swedish population, I think, this time wanted is put Sweden first. Now, this is a very dangerous slogan, put a country first, what happens to the rest? So, yes, Sweden must more do more with the PKK, against the PKK, and I really, really hope that the moderate conservatives who believe in fighting terror under normal circumstances, who believe in yes. a strong... NATO, that they will come to uh, to help Turkey, yes. So, uh, Joseph, there is a new government in Sweden now, but Sweden's former Prime Minister Andersson has said her country will not extradite anyone unless Turkey proves that these people involved in terror attacks in Turkey. How about the people who help raise and move money for the terror activities? Oh, again, this really depends. I mean, it, it, it's something that's a lot more difficult to um, investigate and to establish, right? I mean, you, you know, Turkey can name individuals that are um, have been involved in, in terror attacks, but money networks and the movement of money is always much more covert. It's always much more difficult to investigate. And it's also much more difficult to substantiate. Um, however, uh, Sweden is part of um, European um, anti-money laundering um, legislation. So it's likely that that, that will play um, an important role in picking up and in deciding really who it is and how money is being moved, if it is, to fund um, Kurdish activities within Turkey. So do you think, is this likely to change with the new Swedish government, that approach uh, by the a former prime minister? Well, definitely. I definitely think um, given the sort of the friendship between the left, uh, not just in Sweden, but in Europe more generally, and the um, left-wing Kurdish Workers' Party, that, that relationship is comfortable and, and that relationship now is, is not the relationship that governs the Swedish state. So a, a right-wing party coming in, one that is going to prioritise NATO membership and belonging to that particular club over and above, you know, an, an internationalised kind of socialist agenda mm -hmm. is one that will make this movement of money, I think, much more difficult. And I think the Swedish government will be much more proactive in looking at this issue. But with the caveat that they have a very um, small um, threshold uh, with which they've managed to form a government. So how long this government um, will be around for and how stable this this this, this particular ruling arrangement uh, will be will dictate yes. a lot of what is to come. So, um, Klaus, the two Nordic countries signed a memorandum with Turkey in June to cooperate in the fight against terrorism, uh, including the extradition of some 73 uh, suspected terrorists. Is there any progress on that? And would Sweden's new anti-terrorist legislations be enough to soothe Turkey's concerns? No, I think Sweden's, uh, and, and to a lesser extent, Finland's anti-terror legislation must be upgraded, updated, uh, in line with the demands from Turkey, but maybe with a wider world. Turkey is a global, uh, unfortunately, problem. It is not only... Uh, in, in one country. Everyone has to work together. And no, uh, A, this uh, legislation must be updated, upgraded to make clear who can be extradited, what kind of manifestations can be allowed, what kind of organizations, money laundering, media houses, uh, human trafficking, whatever you can do to, to outlaw this. Mm -hmm. So, no, unfortunately for the time being, except for extraditing and accepting one gentleman, I, I just say gentleman because uh, innocent until yes. found guilty. 
who might be extradited, but he is no terrorist. I think this is playing to the gallery. Sweden, Finland must do much, much, much more. 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 So, uh, Joseph, President Erdogan said uh, Finland is calmer and in more control over the situation. Maybe he was referring to the um, protests staged by PKK sympathizers in Sweden. But what happens if Turkey ratifies Finland, but not Sweden? Will Finland, for example, defer joining? Oh, this, this, I think, is, is, is a very unlikely outcome, especially with the ascension of a new right-wing government. I definitely think that both states um, are highly likely to be ratified. I think Erdogan here is, is, going, is, is attempting to get some concessions out of Sweden, but I don't think he would stand in, a way, in the way, given the gravity of the war in Ukraine, and especially given his recent shift kind of more towards encouraging um, you know, Russia to, to, to stop its aggression. Um, in Ukraine. However, if, if this situation was arrived at, I think um, it's it's quite likely that Finland might put a pause on its on its ascension um, to NATO because it already has existing security guarantees. Um, so, Klaus, how would their membership change Europe's security architecture and their relationship, of course, with Russia? Well, before the uh, Ukraine uh, situation, the Ukraine war broke out, I would have never expected Sweden or Finland to join, uh, having been to Sweden in particular and, and knowing quite a few people there. It, it was not on the cards as basically a neutral, West-looking European Union member state. Now everything has changed. I can only imagine how, how difficult it was behind closed doors for the Social Democrats to ever, ever accept a NATO membership or, or to even to uh, propose it. Now, I think... Uh, what will happen very shortly is that both countries will want to realign their relationships with Turkey, find out is it really the most important point to join NATO. I think they will both say yes, and then concessions have to be made. And uh, I mentioned this before, and uh, maybe I say it again, from a certain point onwards, perhaps uh, Turkey should be given a much bigger role within NATO. After all, it has all the expertise. It is a, a, a huge contributor to, to all of NATO's members' security aspects. And uh, a little bit more support from uh, Sweden and, and Finland in particular would, would, would not harm at all. All right, gentlemen, unfortunately, we'll have to leave it here. Thank you very much for joining me on Straight Talk.